0: Welcome to the City View Church podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Wow. Revelation. <clears throat> Before we get into that, I want to celebrate with you guys a little bit about what Tony just talked about last year. What you guys were able to accomplish. Last year was such an amazing year here at City View Church. And I want to celebrate a few things and Um, This week, for those of you who are interested, for those who would like to, um, we're going to be sending you a video with a more in depth what does 2024 look like for City View? I'm going to do a short recap of what happened Wednesday night for all of you who missed Wednesday night. Um, And so you'll be getting, uh, we'll be sending that through text and email. So if you don't get our text notifications and if you don't get our email, please make sure you sign up for those things. But last year, you guys, here's some some things that we saw last year. Last year, we saw 39 people make decisions to come to know Jesus. Last year, <clears throat> last year we saw 26 people get baptized. Last year, last year you guys gave away over 300 backpacks to schools and kids in the community. Last year, you guys helped pay for 41 people to go through counseling just to get mentally better. Last year, you guys helped feed, helped provide over 1,425 meals in our community here at City View Church. Those are just a few of the things. I'm gonna share with you a few other things. Last year, um, we gave away, just in our local community, just here, you guys gave away over $11,000 in our local community doing outreaches and things like that. 11,000, you can clap for that. Last year, you guys in missions and outreach, over $50,000 we gave outside of our world. Clap for that. You guys should be clapping for every single thing I say right here. This should be the clappingest time you'll ever be um, here at City View Church. Um, we, so last year, we raised our support for every single missionary organization that we help. That's six different, whether it's organizations or a specific person. We raised all of their support last year and that six different missionaries that you guys help support through City View Church. You guys did that. Give that up right here. <clears throat> Last year, we had a church. We had two churches start meeting here at City View Church, a Hispanic church. They meet every other Saturday. And an Ethiopian church, Christ Kingdom Church, they meet every Sunday during our 11 o'clock service. Their kids are with our kids. Um, They meet in one of the rooms on the other side of the building that we have just sort of dedicated to international churches. Um, You guys did that last year. And let me tell you how this year has started. This year... On Thursday, Tony and I went to Journey Church. Journey Church is a church here in, here in the valley in Peoria. They are uh, not too far from where we are, and they're getting ready to start a building initiative. They need to find a church home. And so Tony and I have been coaching them on how to go through that process. Today is the beginning of their, of their fundraising initiative, and Tony and I went and dropped off a check from you guys for $10,000 this week. Because it's not about small C church, it's about the big C church. We're in it together to see people come to know Jesus. That's the heart, that's the heart of this church here at City View. It's not about how many people can we get here. Now, of course, we'd love to see growth. But it's about how can we reach people in the valley and so we're excited for Journey Church this morning. We're excited what God is going to do. Um, I'm going to pray for them right now, as I know their pastors. pastors. Tony and I met with them on Thursday, prayed with them, and then we got to give. I, I, last, when we started our a building initiative, a church of way bigger than us, thousands of people gave us a $10,000 check. And I thought, I can't wait to do that someday. Getting to do that? And then God, rewarding us, like God immediately gave us back $10,000. I can't, it's a crazy story. We got a really big financial gift at the end of the year. I emailed, I told you guys already, like, hey, I want to give the church this amount of money, and I'll know when God provides the amount, because at the time we didn't have the money. God, through your generosity, gave. So I emailed the board immediately. <clears throat> the board all said yes immediately. I, I text, him so, and I, there's, some of you don't know, like, we, there's a lot of maintenance things that still need done here. Um, and so taking that risk, of we going, okay, we're going to give money away even though we know we still need it. So I, I text the pastor right away. Hey, I didn't tell him what we were doing. I said, hey, I want to meet with you. Um, Tony and I would love to pray with you. Um, and that immediate was like, and the board already knew, like, the money was gone. Checks written, money's gone. And I'm like, but God, we really do need that 10000 Within an hour, hour and a half later, Tony, two hours later, Tony goes, Hey, Jeremiah, look at this. Shows me a check for $10,000. You can never outgive God. You can't outgive him. So let's pray for Journey Church, God's blessing upon them, and that God has favor and gives them a, a home, a church home. Lord, we thank you so much for being a part of what you're doing here in the valley of, of Phoenix, in the valley of Arizona. And, God, we lift up Journey Church to you now. Lord, I pray for Carlisle and Cam, um, their pastors there. Um, God, speak through them this morning. God, I ask that you would guide them. Lord, I pray that you would encourage their congregation. Lord, I know they're excited, but I know this is a huge step of faith. Um, So, Lord, provide for them. Um, May the church just catch the vision. And, Lord, I pray for favor with the different landowners and buildings that they're looking at, God, that you would just guide them to the perfect home so that we might see more people come to know you in North Peoria. God, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you're doing great things here in our valley. And Lord, we can't wait to see revival happen here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, today we are starting the book of Revelation. You should have gotten one of these if you wanted one when you came in. These are Bible journals. So this is the whole book of Revelation. Um, There are pages for notes. Um, as you study through Revelation. So I hope you got one of these. And my hope for these is, one, you journal, you write, you take notes through Revelation, um, that you underline things that pop out to you. And if you have questions, write them as you go. And then if I can answer it, you can shoot it to me in an email. My email is tony at cityviewphx.com or josh at cityviewphx.com, email me there. um, And I, no, I'm kidding. It's jeremiah at cityviewphx.com. That's my email. So if you forget that, I'm not repeating it. Um, But that's my email. So if you have questions, hey, Jeremiah, but, yeah, you ask me whatever, it's okay. And I may or may not, I may just say, yeah, I don't know. I'm okay with not knowing. But if you did not get one of these, raise your hand, and we'd love to get you one. Um, These are not for kids to color in. So if you have a kid and like, oh, it's a journal coloring don't. Um, can I get another usher? Do we have any more ushers in this room right now? Travis, could you? There's some people over here, too. Um, so uh, make sure, and ushers, could you make sure we do that at next service as well, um, that you're ready? Um, so if you want one of these, go for it. We're going to start Revelation chapter 1 this morning. Woo! <clears throat> okay. Revelation. The focus of this book. Is Jesus? That's the focus of Revelation. But for many Christians, the main thing we focus on, the main thing we worry about, the main thing that we think about is the end times and the Antichrist. He's the one that we all want to learn about. He's the one that we're like, "Oh, who is he? Is he? Is he so and so? Is is he like?" I remember back. I mean, I'm younger than some of you in here, and older than some of you in here, but. I remember when, when different presidents have been, Obama was president, people thought, oh, he's the Antichrist. When Donald Trump was president, there's a whole other sect of Christians that thought he's the Antichrist. I, don't, I have not heard that with this, our current president. Um, <clears throat> but there's always these worries. Who is it? People think it's Elon Musk. People think it's so and so. We get so focused on the Antichrist The Antichrist doesn't get mentioned until chapter 13, and he's dead by chapter 20. But you want to know who's in every single chapter of the book of Revelation and in the Bible? It's Jesus Christ. It's God the Father. It's the Holy Spirit. They are mentioned in every single chapter, every single book throughout the whole Bible. But the Antichrist yet gets our focus of this simple 22-chapter book. But Jesus is the focus. Worshiping him is what happens throughout this whole book. Revelation is a culmination of the entire Bible. It's what God planned in Genesis, got messed up with sin, and it's the execution, it's the, it's the, it's the culmination, it's, it's everything coming together how it's supposed to be in the book of Revelation. That's what the book of Revelation is all about. It finishes what God started in Genesis. Bringing us back to him, reminding us that he is coming back. So if you wanted one of these, I hope you got one. Revelation chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave us to show his bondservants, the things which must soon take place, And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Revelation 1. It gives us who the author is, Revelation 1. A lot of books don't, you have to sort of dive deeper into what's the history, where's the author, what's all this going on, but Revelation is one of those books that gives us so much of the details right there in the first few verses, Revelation 1. It gives us, it tells us who the author is. The one thing it doesn't tell us is about when it takes place. It takes place about 95 A.D., so everybody who's going to be reading this book of Revelation when when the author, who is John, we're going to get to, I think we just read, actually. who's he? So this is second-generation Christians. That's who's reading this. That's who's getting this letter. A, a lot of the Christians who saw Jesus, many have passed away. But this next generation, the, the kids of, of those ones who saw, it's that second-generation believers. It's about 65 years after Jesus died is when this book is written. This is not the book of Revelations. Have any of you heard that before? Revelations. You probably said it. It's not the book of Revelations. It's one single revelation, and it's Jesus's. That's whose it is. It's one revelation. This is the revelation meaning unveiling, revealing of Jesus. It gives us this, the English word, the apocalypse, the unveiling the reveal. It's not all about, we, we. so many times we focus, it's end times, it's end times, it's end times. No, it is the unveiling of Jesus. That's what Revelation is about. Does the end times get talked about? It does for a handful of chapters. But Jesus gets talked about the entire book, the entire book. This is the revelation, the unveiling of Jesus, meaning This book belongs to Jesus, and this book, Jesus, is the object. He's the one being revealed through the book. His power, his might, his kinglyhood, his priesthood is being unveiled through this book. It's not about the Antichrist. That gets mentioned. It'd be like watching the movie Cars and saying it was about the street, just because there's streets all throughout the movie. But it's not about the street. It's like, oh, did you see that movie Street? What's the movie Street about? It's about streets. Who's, you know, Lightning Queens in it. He's like one of the characters in it. No, he's the main character, and it's about cars. Revelation saying it's about the Antichrist. No, he's just a character in Jesus' story. That's all he is. Don't give him more credit than he deserves. It's the revealing, the revelation of Jesus. And we will see Jesus in many different ways throughout the book of Revelation. We will see him in his great high power and glory. In Revelation, we will see Jesus as the priest, king, the lamb of God, the almighty judge. We also see here in verse 1 who the author of this book is. The author of this book is one of the disciples named John. Some people have disagreed and said it's not John because it's written in a totally, completely different way than all of his other letters. John wrote the book of John, which is, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. He wrote the fourth gospel, which is about Jesus. He wrote three letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. Those are letters to the church, helping them understand how to live for Jesus. And then he wrote Revelation. Revelation is a totally different book, not because somebody else wrote it, but because it's a totally different style of book. Imagine if you had an author who wrote specifically documentary kind of books, biographies, and then they wrote a fiction book. Wouldn't those two books sound completely different? John wrote books about Jesus. He wrote books to the church about how to live for Jesus. Now he's writing a book uh, just glorifying Jesus, but it's got a lot of End times, there's dragons in this book. There are stories of beasts in this book. There are angels with six wings and four different faces and all these different kind of things. There's thrones glowing. glowing. There's a rainbow that surrounds. Right now, we see rainbows. We see half of them. In heaven, you'll see the full thing. A rainbow is a circle around the throne. We only see half of, we see a portion of it, but in heaven you'll see the whole glory of God. You'll see a whole, there's amazing things throughout the book of Revelation. But if we really look at this book, it's completely different than all the other books. God gave this revelation to Jesus. That's what he says there in verse one. The revelation of Jesus, which God gave him. This was given to Jesus. Jesus, then it says, and then Jesus gives it to an angel. And then that angel proclaims it to John. And then John documents it for us. It says there, the things which must soon take place. You know, we're gonna, as we study the book of Revelation, we're gonna be talking about rapture. We're gonna be talking about tribulation, we're going to talk about the idea of pre-tribulation. That means at what point do Christians, does the church leave the earth? Will the church always be here? Will the church leave at some point? Does the church go through the tribulation? We're going to talk about those kind of topics through the book of Revelation. Not today. Some of you are like, this is blowing my mind. I have no clue what you're talking about. Well, don't miss any of this book. Because during the book of Revelation, there will be this period called the the, the, the seven years of the tribulation. Three and a half years of, eh, okay. Three and a half years of hell on earth. If you don't like that word, that's what's going to happen. It's, it's literal hell on earth, revelation. So <clears throat> the word, it says, must soon take place. That, that's not meaning it's going to happen when John wrote it. The idea of the word must soon, meaning once the things start happening, once God knocks over the first domino of these things that are happening in Revelation, once it starts, it's quickly going to happen. I'm looking now, I've got a 16, almost 17-year-old son. I feel like it was just like last year that we we had him, and he was just a little guy in our home. He's gonna be a senior this year. That happened fast. Revelation that says these things must soon or quickly will take place. But it also means that soon, soon could also mean that soon to God and soon to us are completely different things. God's outside of our time and space. God is not restricted to our time and space. Soon to God, the Bible says that a thousand days to us is like a day to him. It's it's completely different. So God says, soon. Soon. Revelation verse three, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and those who heed the things which are written in it for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from God our Father, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come from the seven spirits who are before the throne. Throughout the book of Revelation, we see this number seven. It's mentioned about the, the seven churches. It's mentioned about these seven different, there's multiple, there's these seven signs, seven bowls, seven, seven is mentioned throughout the book of Revelation multiple times. The number seven throughout the Bible is symbolic of perfection and completion, and it it's relation to God. God is perfect. So the number seven, as it's mentioned, that's, that's what God is talking about. It's, it's these complete things. But he says this. He says this, this tells us, verse three and four, this tells us who the readers of these letters are. You these seven churches, which there should be a map behind me. These seven churches that Paul is writing to in what is Turkey now, church of Ephesus, church of Smyrna, Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, Um, Philadelphia and Laodicea. It was a modern travel route. It was a regularly traveled just sort of route there in the the Roman times. And Paul writes these letters and these things. And the reason why we've titled the first part of Revelation, the first part of this series, um, A Thriving Church, is one we're gonna learn about what is a thriving church. First, a thriving church focuses on Jesus. That's what today is all about. It's a focus on Jesus. A Thriving Church, as we look at the different churches in, um, in, uh, throughout the seven different churches, you're gonna learn about how it, what it is to, to walk away from your true love, meaning Jesus. To so not being distracted by fear, from not being distracted by religion, from not being distracted by these things that consume our time and distract us from how to live for God. So we're gonna look at how do we look, how do we look introspectively at our own hearts and what are the things that are grabbing me away from Jesus? We're gonna look at that. And then as we finish the first section of Revelation in chapters four and five, it's all it's all praise. It ends with these worship sessions, which man, if I'm gonna be completely honest, and I love you, you know I love you, but you also know I won't lie to you. If all of us were in heaven today, you'd all get a fail on the worship side of worshiping God in heaven. You're like, but I'm not a clapper. Ooh, I'm not a praiser. I'm not a singer. Oh well. When we get to chapters 4 and 5 there's a multitude and if you're the only one not singing you will look weird. I don't think people are going to look at you like what are you doing but you definitely like you won't fit in. If you don't know how to praise here I don't know what you're going to do up there or heaven wherever it is heaven. John is writing these seven churches. You can leave that slide up there behind me. To encourage them, to have them look at their hearts and to examine their own hearts that they might make things right with God. When we start belong groups, each of our belong groups is gonna dive deeper into these seven churches. They're gonna take one church at a time. I'm gonna do an overview of each church. In belong groups, you're gonna do more of a deep dive into what does it look like, what's happening, what's the culture, What was the big distractions? Um, So I want to encourage you, get into a belong group. And if you're going to get into a belong group, these will be even more helpful in your belong group. But so we're going to dive deeper into those seven churches. And he is telling each of these churches, be ready. He tells them, be overcomers. There are two extremes when it comes to the book of Revelation. Today is very introduction two extremes. I, there are some people who are scared to read it, scared to study it, scared completely about it. You guys know those people? You ever met those people? I've met those pastors that they're just like super, they're like, I don't know enough about it, so I'm not going to do it. Okay, there's that group. And then there's the people that are hyper-focused on it. They teach on it all the time. They're always reading. They're always like, it becomes this focus that I think becomes unhealthy because it's in times, in times, in times. I'm like, Yeah, that's part of it, but it's all about Jesus. It's revelation. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, 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 the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God, the King of kings, the Lord, of that's what revelation is all about. See, these two groups. I want us to look at this book and realize how much Jesus loves us. Here's something amazing about this book, though. Here God gives us three promises in this He said, blessed are those who read, blessed are those who hear, and blessed are those who heed. There are seven blessings, blesseds in this, like, Beatitudes, you know, in the book of Matthew. There are, for those of you who know, in the book of Matthew, there are the, there's in this uh, section of Matthew chapters 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, there are these, this place called the Beatitudes. Well, in Revelation, there are seven Beatitudes, blesseds here. Here's one of them. And then um behind me is a slide. If you want to take a picture of that, you can look up all the other ones. It's gonna be up there for about five seconds. Get your phones out. I'm not gonna go through them at all. Five, four, three, two, one. Colin, this might be something fun to do um during uh, belong groups week one, maybe before we get into it, just to look at those, maybe. I don't know. An idea. Colin and Brie lead our belong groups. So there'll be times when I'll in the middle of a of my sermon where I might say, hey Colin, let's do that. So um, Colin leads. He's going to put all the notes together. He and I have already met. Um, But so we have this first blessing. Blessed are those who read. This is the only book in the Bible that there is a blessing for those who read, who hear it being read, and who are blessed for obeying it. It's the only book where you get these three blessings. The only one so just by, if I were to just sit up here and read you a chapter every week, God is going to bless you. And not only are you going to be blessed for hearing or be me or for me, I'm, I know God's not going to bless you for. I get blessed for reading it to you. So if you go home and you read your your Bible, you get blessed. For those who hear as I preach it, as I read it, God is giving you a blessing. It says, blessed are those who heed, meaning those who obey. And we're going to be going through some things when we hit some of these churches and throughout the Bible where we're going to be hit going, man, I need to work on that in my heart. We're going to get to Revelation, or not Revelation, the book of Ephesians, or not the book of Ephesians, the church of Ephesus. And he says, I have this one thing against you. You've left your first love. He goes, you put your whole life together. You serve God, you give to God, you worship God, but man, you don't do it because you love him. You just do it out of habit. You've left your first love. And some of us, we've done that. We've gotten so focused on what we do for God that we've forgotten the very God we love. And so there's gonna be moments as we read through this that we're gonna need to heed and obey And then he says, as he wraps up that verse four, grace and peace are from who? But from Jesus, who is, who was, and who is to come. Look at Revelation 1, five through seven now. And from Jesus Christ. If you have this, if you have this, I wanna encourage you, get a pen out, underline some things in it right now. Look at this, and and from Jesus. The first, the, the faithful witness, underline that. The firstborn of the dead, underline that. The ruler of the kings of the earth, underline that. To him who loves us, underline that. Who released us, underline that. Who released us from our sins by his blood and he made us to be a kingdom of priests, Underline that to his God and Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. Can you just picture this as John is writing this, as this is being proclaimed to John? John is writing these things and he says, "And he made us to be a kingdom of priests to be to his God and Father to him be glory dominion forever and ever Amen." And he pauses at that moment. That's what a pause. That's what that Amen. It's this pause. It's this time to reflect. And John writes that going man, him be dominion forever and ever because we get so focused, so fixated on the next president. We get so fixated on on what's happening in our world and we think, Jesus, do you even know? Are you paying attention? Jesus hasn't left the throne. He's still in full control. He's not worried. He's not stressed. He's not like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do about this this king, this ruler, these wars? God's like, God, I, I already knew what was happening. Verse seven, and he says, behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, and even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to to be, amen. I love what is said in these verses. At first, it says that he is the faithful witness. Witness is the word martus, which means, which we get our word martyr, meaning somebody who dies for their faith. He is the faithful martyr, the faithful witness, the faithful one who died. A martyr is someone who dies because they have truly believe, in, and there are many martyrs throughout the Bible and throughout church history that believed in Jesus and died for their faith. Jesus, being faithful throughout his life and being without sin, chose to die. Many of them did not choose to die, martyrs. Jesus chose to. It was his choice. That's what made him a faithful witness. He could have called angels and, and defeated the Roman Empire and defeated the religious enemy. He could have done that. But he was not fighting them. Jesus was fighting sin and Satan. And he had to defeat them. That was his goal. It wasn't Rome, it wasn't some religious organization. He had to defeat them. That's why he chose to die. John chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus says this, No one has taken it away from me, but I lay down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I receive from my Father. He goes, I am choosing to lay my life down. Jesus had the power to lay his life down and to take it back up, meaning to rise from the dead. This is also why he is called the firstborn of the dead. Others had risen from the dead, Elijah, the one of the prophets in the Old Testament, they rose people from the dead. Elisha rose people from the dead, but the thing that made diff, was different. Even Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead and little and some little kids from the dead, but they all died again. Jesus, being the firstborn of the dead, is the one who died and resurrected with the power to defeat death, so that death doesn't have to be our fear anymore. Jesus. And it says, He is the King of kings, or ruler of all kings, or chief of all kings. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came up and he spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We are reminded here, as we read this book, as we read the book of Revelation, that we will see other rulers rise and fall. We will see that in Revelation. We will see political systems. We will see economic systems. We will see rulers. You will see multiple rulers rise up. We've seen it in our time. We will see them rise. But what we will also see is we will see them fall. But you will not see that from our King Jesus. Because the focus of Revelation is not on other kingdoms, not on other rulers, not on economic systems. Yes, those things happen, those come and go, but Jesus is forever. He is eternal. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the first witness. He is the faithful one who died for us, our King. And then we see how Jesus sees us. You see how he sees us. It says, to him... Who loves us? You notice the phrasing there? It doesn't say he loved. It says he loves right now to him who loves us. I don't know about you, but I'm not always the most lovable. I can be not nice. Dad, husband, friend. I could be grumpy. I could be grumpy here. I could be grumpy to you. I've been grumpy to staff before. I've been mean to workers at grocery stores because they're annoying. But somehow it says he loves us. Not because we deserve it. But because that's who he is. He loves us. This is such a good reminder for us of his grace and mercy. He loves us. It says he released us from sin. He forgives us. He sets us free. Sin no longer has to be our master. You know, I, I don't know what you do for your holiday. If you have certain movies you watch, I know some of you, you do, you watch different movies. And One thing that we do, we, we try to watch the Lord of the Rings. Uh, whether that's weird or not, That's what we do. They came out around Christmas time, and for my wife and I, that's just a tradition. But when you watch that movie, there's this main character that runs throughout all of them. His name is uh, Gollum. And there's this ring, this ring that is all-powerful. And Gollum is drawn to this ring. And, and he is constantly, want, it's ruined him. It's filled him with bitterness, hate, and anger. It's It changes outward appearance. And in the end of the, in the end of, if you've never seen it, I'm going to ruin it for you. In the end, he dies because of the ring. Because this ring had become a master in his life. But it says here that Jesus, he loves us and he released us from sin. And I don't know for some of us, we're going into the new year going, okay, God, I'm going <clears> to <throat> quit this this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to quit drinking so much. I'm going to quit looking at this so much. I'm going to quit, I, you, you name it. We can go into the new year thinking, I've got the strength to be, I'm going to go to church every week. And we can think we have some power over things. But it's Jesus is the one that releases us from sin. And in releasing us, he sets us free. He, he makes sin no longer our master, but that's only th- done through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I think as, as this, as John is writing this letter, he wants the church to, to understand, he wants the church to realize, God's not doing this because he's mad at you. Because there's some moments in Revelation where it is just, It's insane. People are wanting to die, but they can't die because God's not letting them die. And they're in so much pain. It says that they're like gnawing at their tongue, wanting death. And I think God is starting here. He says, hey, as you read this, know this. I love you. I've released you from your sin. I've forgiven you. He wants them to focus on him, not on the bad things to come. Because we can so easily get focused on the negative, can't we? But God is starting right off, praising, reminding us who he is, and then reminding us who we are to him. He released us from sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says, For sin shall not be master over you. You are not under law, but you are under grace. God is constantly forgiving. Colossians 2, verses 14 and 15 says, This is how this is how this is how we are released from sin, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Jesus wins. So it says he loves us. Jesus says that we are released from our sin, and it says that he sees us as a kingdom of priests. We have access to God. We can come before him whenever we want We are his representatives here on earth, sharing his love and grace to the world. 1 Peter chapter two, verse nine says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. That's how God sees you. This is how Jesus sees you. You may look in the mirror and see a screw up and a sinner. But that's not what Jesus sees. Jesus sees somebody he loves. Jesus sees somebody he died for. Jesus sees somebody that he's made a priest, somebody that has access to him. That's what Jesus sees. And then John says, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back in the clouds and everybody is gonna see him. Everybody in the world is gonna see him. He says, and those who, who killed him, those, the Jewish people who who were the ones that pierced his hands, the ones that made the decision, their eyes will be open. It tells us in the Bible that the Jewish people's eyes, their eyes are currently blinded to who Jesus is. But at some point, he says, they will know, they will see him. They will see him coming in the clouds in great glory. This whole book is about Jesus. And then verse 8, this is where we're going to land today, and we'll finish chapter 1 next week. Jesus says this, this proclamation. This is the beginning of the seven I am's of Jesus in the book of Revelation. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. The Alpha and the Omega. Alpha is the Greek word for the beginning, the first. Omega is the Greek word for end. It's the the last word. He has the first word and he has the last word. Jesus spoke everything into the existence. Everything into existence. Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says, and He said, "Let there be light." Jesus is the first word, and His last word in Revelation is pleading for us to come and worship Him. He is the first. And the last, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end of creation. He is the beginning and the end of salvation. He is the beginning and the end of this revelation. And he is the eternal who is, who was, and who is to come. And then he closes with the section, he is the Almighty. There's this song that we used to sing when I was young. It went like, Almighty, most holy God, faithful through the ages. It's really old. Some of you might remember it. Some of you are like, don't remember that song at all. But anybody? <laughs> Thank you for a few of you. Almighty, the one with all power. He's omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. Omniscient, all-knowing. Omnipresent, meaning everywhere. He is the Almighty. This word is 10 times throughout the New Testament. Nine of them are found here in Revelation referring to Jesus, the Almighty God. We may look to the future with fear of what might happen. But we have the Almighty, the all-powerful, the Savior, Jesus, who loves us, who forgives us, He is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. This book is about his reign. It's not about the Antichrist. The Antichrist gets mentioned. He's not the hero. He's barely the villain. He's just a character in the story and the reign of Jesus, the Almighty, the Jesus who's coming back to take us home. This book is about his kingdom on earth. And about how we will make how he will make all things right. Because I know we see a lot of things going wrong. This book is about how he makes it right. Things get messy. People do get hurt. You know that disclaimer? No animals were hurt in this movie. Yet that there's no disclaimer. Things do get hurt people do die. Lives will be changed forever. But Jesus reigns king. Things will get darker. But darkness has no power when light is present. And Jesus is the light. So I can't wait as we continue our journey through the book of Revelation. Because the whole focus Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for being the almighty, most holy God. Thank you for reigning and being in control, for never losing control, for never not knowing what to do next. Jesus, thank you that you are the faithful witness, that you are the great I am, that you are the first and the last, that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that you are the almighty God, the ruler of all things, that you love us, that you set us free from our sin, and that you see us as priests, that you, you desire to have a relationship with us. And Jesus, some of us, we've come into this new year, we already feel like a failure. We have already feel like we've let you down. We have already feel like 2024 is gonna be a bad year. But Jesus, I pray that our focus would be on you and not on our circumstances. Our focus would turn from inside to up. To on you, the king who's on the throne, the king who makes all things new, the one who reigns true in our lives. If we've come today feeling defeated, Jesus is your victor. As Mark prayed earlier, you know, I don't know what you opened, and and maybe you haven't opened your fist yet. Maybe, maybe you did symbolically as Mark asked you to, but in your heart you still held on to things. I want to encourage you, let them go. Maybe you walked into this room today and, and Jesus is not the king of your life. He's not the ruler of your life. It's been you sitting on that throne. And Jesus is telling you today, hey, let me have that seat. Because I love you. And Jesus is telling you, you know, I'm going to forgive you of your sins. I want to set you free. Let me forgive you and wash you with my blood because when Jesus died on the cross that's how he killed the sin in our life when he rose again from the dead that's how he sets us free from sin and then Jesus says I want you to be a priest meaning I want to have a relationship with you one on one and if that's you I ask that you pray with me this morning say dear Jesus forgive me set me free I believe that you died for me. Jesus, be king of my life. Be the focus of my life. Be the Lord of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Did you decide to follow Jesus while listening to this podcast today? We want to celebrate with you and help you with your next steps. Click the link in the podcast description to get connected with a pastor and your next step. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to click the follow button and tune in next week for another great message.